It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the GameSpeed Decides podcast. This is your podcast where we decide everything in the world of video games so you don't have to think about it for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Mike Minotti. Hi, everyone. In today's episode, we're going to be going over the news, talk about some games, and then we're going to talk a little bit about third-party support on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, WWE just got announced for that, so kind of makes us want to reevaluate that machine as a third-party device. First, though, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, you get more from me and Mike at GameSpeed.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at games plus podcast at VentureBeat.com. Uh, you can also get us on Twitter. We're at, at GamesBeat or at GBDecides. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you could subscribe to the podcast on a- Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. I'm always going to stumble stumble on a- Apple Podcasts because I want to say iTunes. Finally. Is it really not called iTunes anymore? I haven't even looked. I don't like iTunes. I don't use it. So I don't have it installed <laughs> on my computer. I this always- is basically all off of like what my brother told us. I don't even know if it's true. Yeah, honestly, this could just be a, a psyops by AJ Minotti. Like he could just he be trying just to destroy this to podcast. Us. He's jealous <laughs> He's of lying. jealous of our com- camaraderie, Mike. Uh, uh, finally, f- finally, if you like the show, rate us on Apple, Apple Podcast or iTunes. I don't know. Find a place to put five stars next to my name. That's all I really want in life. Um, yeah. So, Mike, uh, how's it been going? Yo, How was your weekend? Um, that was pretty good. I went to uh, an Indians game and they won. I went to the new Margaritaville in Cleveland. Ooh, how was that? <laughs> Uh, overpriced and kind of tacky, but you know, that's the way I, I wouldn't have it any that's other way. Fine. Did you have some boat right. drinks? Uh, no, I got a margarita. Okay. Well, got, is there, is there called? an official Licensed boat drink? Show. Okay. Oh, there's there a whole selection of boat drinks. That's <laughs> okay. a, there's margaritas and then there's boat drinks. They're, they're different. I think they're just the mixed drinks. Yeah. I get very excited when, when Sirius XM has Yacht Rock, the Yacht Rock station on during the summer. Uh, I don't know why I like that so much, but that it's like, yeah, it's like Hall and Oats and Jimmy Buffett and the people like that. And oh, so want to drink, just drink a margaritaville station. Isn't there, there margarita I think there is that now? as, yeah, there is that as well. Mm. Uh, but I, I like, I, I, pre- I prefer Yacht Rock. I need to mix it up a little. It, Jimmy Buffett is a very big guilty pleasure of mine. I like his music and going to like his concerts and stuff. It's always I think- fun. As I've become a dad, I think it's uh, kind of just getting it's getting into me now. So uh, I think yeah. it's uh, you have to like Jimmy Buffett at a certain. I don't have that. Uh, yeah, I don't have that excuse. I just like it. <laughs> You're just guilty. Um, I'm just weird. Yeah. So I, I mean, we could talk about a couple games. I think we've been playing. Um, why don't Why don't you start? I know you spent all weekend with one. Why don't you go ahead and get yeah? Us off I was here. playing. Yeah, I was playing the Final Fantasy 12 remaster, uh, the Zodiac Age. My review went up today, so you can check that out on Games Beats. Um, uh, Final Fantasy XII is interesting for me because um, you, you know me as somebody who really likes JRPGs and Final Fantasy, but when Final Fantasy XII came out for PlayStation 2 in 2006, I had played the Final Fantasy games before, but I never really beat them. They weren't really my thing. Twelve was like the first one I really like immediately got into and like played it through completion and beat it. And then it was that same year where it inspired me to like to go back and play through all the other ones before that. I played through Final Fantasy like one through ten in a six month period. This was like you know back when I was in college and didn't have much to do because you know writing major we. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so yeah, this this is the, and so this was kind of the game that really kickstarted my like JRPG turn into a weeb kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I trash. really loved it back. Yeah, right. I, and I you know I loved it back then, and I was very happy to see how well it holds up still. That's um, so. That's, just a beautiful game. That's nice to hear. Now, I mean, it it holds up in terms of its gameplay, uh, visuals. Like, what what holds up particularly? Well, to you yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's a remastering, so you know, it, it's kind of in HD now. It's got it looks a little better. You know, it's still a 2006 game. Uh, 
the, the two big ways you'll notice the quote-unquote aging is, uh, you, you know, like the PlayStation 2 era facial animation. It's basically non-existent, right? right? There's faces, like, in, like, big cutscenes, like, the mouse will, like, actually move. In, like, less big cutscenes, there will be two frames of, like, mouth open and closing thing. Right. And that's the talking animation. The other thing is, you know, instead of, like, an open world, it's kind of like a lot of small areas connected through all these various small loading zones. It's not, it's a lot of loading time, right? But, you know, it, it makes the world feel slightly more cramped. But right. it, it's it was still just such a well-designed game. It's very colorful. The cities are kind of vibrant and detailed. Uh, I mean, it was a late PlayStation 2 game. Like, it came yeah. in 2006. The, the PlayStation 3 was, came out that year, so... Uh, have they remade this game before re- re-released no. it in any way this is the first like remaster this is okay. the first time so yeah it's pretty it's a uh, pretty neat to be able to kind of get this again and is it on is it on playstation 4 and then xbox one and pc or just playstation just 4? playstation 4 oh, okay just playstation 4 it is weird how like with those like even though they'll release like the new final fantasy and everything when it's like a game that when it's one of them that was yeah. on a sony system only they'll still just do it like that do you but think they do you, do you think that still gets the uh, the benefit that we were talking about last week where Crash Bandicoot has the attachment to the PlayStation brand, so kind of encourages not, those people to get into it if it's exclusive to their system? Not quite as much. Right. A little bit, though. Because there was for a while, like, Final Fantasy was so heavily associated with with PlayStation, right? Right. Like some of the games, like Final Fantasy Seven, like especially, like that that one is still so like yeah, that's that's a PlayStation thing to me. Like you could have put Squall or I mean, uh, excuse me, Cloud in that like <laughs> Final Fan in that like Sony fighting game thing. It would have made sense. Would have made more sense than him being in Smash Bros. To be honest, because right. that's such a Sony character almost uh, in my mind. But um, yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy Twelve is just so cool because it you know it's not like random battles and stuff, it is this kind of real-time thing, but it's still very much sort of the pace of, like, a turn-based game. Mm-hmm. Like, every character has, like, that meter that's to fill before they perform an action. And you have the whole gambit system where basically you're programming your party members, like, with, like, line, different lines of, like, priorities. Like, if this, if a party member has less than 40 health, cast Cure on them. If your MP is less than 10%, uh, use the charge ability to get more MP. And then, you know, after that, it's like, all right. And then if all that's okay, then you can use a fire spell if you have some spare MP. If you have no MP, then just attack an enemy. So you're just, like, going down lines and lines and lines and, like, trying to, like, basically, like, set up these perfect, like, algorithms so that your party can kind of Mm. take care of itself as much as possible. But you're always there, like, able to pause the action and issue individual commands that override everything. I uh, I, pl- I tried this game a long time ago when it first came out, uh, maybe a little bit after the PlayStation 3 came out. So I was trying it uh, quite maybe a year or two after it came out. Uh, it seemed more my speed than any other Final Fantasy game had been for a long time. Um, I, um, but I'm, I, I fell off it and I can't remember why. I feel like I remember going out into the, the open world and kind of feeling a little lost and not directed well. Uh, was did I just not get over an early hump, or or is there is, is there any um, like sort of misdirection there at the beginning, or lack of direction, I should say? No, I mean the, the the beginning is definitely a little bit more laser focused, and then it does kind of open up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I kind of like that in a bit because then it's like, all right, yeah. For a while, the pace is very fast. I think if you don't like, like you know, it's like the opposite of like Kingdom Hearts two, right? We have like the three hour intro where you're like running around doing nothing. It is like it is actually pretty quick to get started game which is surprising considering how complicated some of its mm-hmm. systems are actually um i think you'd be fine now one of the things that really does help in terms of the pacing is like you have this new high speed mode thing right where you can 
like fast forward the game basically i'm pushing down a button huh and um it's it's almost like it's almost ineloquent in a way because it's literally just like everything's fast forward like you know it's like it destroys the illusion kind of but you know what it's it's very much a good thing because when you're just walking around it just makes it so much faster Um, i would appreciate something like that that's really cool it's very nice uh It even it's even great for battles. Like you, you can use it for walking and battles. Whenever you like go into a cutscene, it automatically turns off, so you don't have to worry about missing anything like that. Yeah. But like if you set up your gambits well and you just want to grind, right? You just turn the high speed mode thing on, just run around for a bit, and you're like kind of good to go. It basically it's just like a bullshit cutter, right? Just like I all d- right, you know what? Instead of like taking ten minutes to walk here, nothing's going to happen. We'll turn high speed mode on. It's four times faster now. That's d- fine. Did Square Enix do any bullshit cutting of their own besides that, though? I like uh, you think of the Zelda well, remasters and those Zelda HD remakes. Uh, like they, they always sort of cut out the fat uh, when they go to back to remake these games. Like a Wind Waker, the sailing at the end of the game, they they sort of shortened a lot of that stuff up. Uh, is there any of that in this? Nothing like maybe that dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that was qu- as much of a problem. I know that they said they adjusted the game balance, quote unquote, a little bit. Uh, it's kind of hard to get a measure of that because I don't right. remember like yeah, what how I so thought long. it was balanced ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and the interesting thing about this is it's actually not a new feature for this. This was also just in that international release in Japan. This high speed mode thing. So like the 2007 version of this game had that. It's a kind of issue because it, it's almost this is more of a big deal for us in America or in the West yeah. outside of Japan than it is in Japan. It's pretty much just that version. And the other big addition is the. Uh, the sort of the job zodiac system. So in the original game, you had a le- like the progression was you had a license board. It was like a chess chess board, almost like a checkerboard. And the idea was to to do almost anything. You had to first get the license for it. Like you couldn't equip a specific sword unless you had license for it. You couldn't use black magic unless you had like the license for you know the specific one, like fire. And sometimes it's just like ah plus ten to attack or, or what have you. And the idea was along with earning experience points, you're also learning uh earning license points. Mm-hmm. And so you use those like, well what's more important? Is this character going to kind of use magic? Then I need to kind of go this way in the license board. Kind of like the sphere grid, except like not as linear. It was like literally a board. And like to get to one piece you had to unlock one of the ones next to it. Right. And this one instead it's it's like there's all these predetermined classes, but it's not just like you pick a class and you level up and learn abilities. Each class has its own license board. It's just a bit more directed. Like right, the okay. fi- like the, the black mage license board isn't going to like have options for you to equip a sword. So it's almost just kind of guiding people. Yeah. Like you can almost basically have done the same thing with the original license board. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, again, makes it a little bit more Put, digestible. For putting people, some fences around so you don't like hurt yourself by wasting time. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. And it that is makes kind sense. of fun. Like, in the beginning, it's like you, you pick each character's class, and there's a, there's no real like at least as far as there's no like starting stats for characters or what have you. So hmm. you know if you want some this guy to be a white mage, hey, that's fine. That's cool. I I like that. I like that. They, uh, sometimes I appreciate the game just saying, oh, this person is that type type of character. But no, it's cool. You can make whoever you want, whatever you want. Yeah, Final Fantasy games always kind of dance between those two or yeah. dance between those two. It's like either like the real open-ended kind of character classes or it's just like, Hey, this guy's like wearing a black hat already. He's already a right. Black exactly. <laughs> now that's, I mean, I can, I can appreciate both at, di- at different times, depending on what mm-hmm. I'm playing. Uh, that's final fantasy 12. It, it is out now on PlayStation four. Uh, it's out tomorrow. Out to, okay. Out this week. Okay. Out. Yeah. Yeah. July 11th. Is yeah, if, you're, if you're watching live, it's tomorrow. If you're listening to the audio version, it's probably today or beyond. 
Um, I I played Shovel Knight Specter of Torment. I've been so, uh, slowly cracking away at it since it came out, and over the past two or three weeks, I finally decided to just start doing a whole like a level at a time. Uh, and boy, that's a really, really, really good game. It um, is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I I kind of was like, oh yeah, it's great to have more Shovel Knight. You know, it's got different mechanics. Uh, it's gonna be more the same. Maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll like it. I'm sure I will. Uh, I ended up loving it. Uh, there's just something about the way. That it is, it's still in that universe. It's, uh, it still has that same eight bit visuals. If people don't know, Shovel Knight, the, the developer, uh, uh, Yacht Club Games made this sort of, uh, like a limited version of, of a retro, uh, a retro throwback game where they said, we're going to make a game as if it was, as if it came out on the NES. Uh, it plays a lot like, uh, that, uh, not, not the Darkwing Duck game, but what was the Scrooge McDuck Duck game? Tales. It's kind of DuckTales meets, Mega Man meets Castlevania. Right. That's kind of a good way to put it. And that's the core Shovel Knight. Now, this new one, Spectre of Torment, gives you a different character, Spectre Knight. And Spectre Knight plays very differently. He has an attack that enables you to jump through the attack and basically slice, and it, and it becomes the platforming. So the, the combat and the platforming meld together in this really interesting way. Uh, and it makes the movement, like every time you're moving through a level. Super smooth. Yeah, it's smooth. And it's also very engaging. Like you're always thinking about the best way to get get from one point to the other. Right. Uh, yeah, I really loved it. I know you liked it too when, when you played it. I loved it a lot. I mean, um, the one before us, Plague of Shadows, was really cool. But Yeah, I still haven't uh, played it, that. It was kind of, yeah, it was almost kind of trying a little. Not try, It wasn't trying to, but it was like almost a little bit more out there with some of the stuff it was doing with the potions. Mm-hmm. And um, more so than this one even, it, it was kind of done on top of the other like the base game this is like right. they really were reworked these levels mm-hmm. to the point where they feel almost completely new like the boss fights a lot of them been just completely changed the campaign's completely different it's just super cool like to the point where i pretty much like specter torment as much as regular shovel knight yeah i i'm and there I love shovel knight right i'm there with you and i'm like oh man parts of me i think may, might prefer specter of torment but i'm gonna go back and play shovel knight again i think pretty soon and kind of see where yeah i, I, I played through falls. all three when uh i got the treasure edition yeah. whatever for the switch but it's yeah. good and i can't wait for the uh the king knight campaign still yes i'm i'm so glad they're still doing these uh i i the other thing i really like all the special powers and like uh you'll get a power that for example, enables you to hit the, the you know the special power button and it'll find the closest enemy and you'll fly through the stage no matter what platforms or obstacles are in the way and attack that that uh the you know the bad guy. Um and you once you realize, oh yeah, combat is platforming in this game, I could use that to like make weird jumps to like co- collect the the lost treasure that I missed or that I lost the last time I died, jump over there, hit that button. And I will go from hanging over a yawning chasm that will kill me again to flying up, attacking the enemy, and you know, right back to safety. Uh, it just opens up so many possibilities, and a, a it, lot of the, a lot of the special powers are like that, enabling more more movement abilities. Did the speed run from Summer Games and Quick kind of inspire you to get back to this because it was I, a great speed run? It was really good. Yeah. So I, I I had been playing it a little bit before that, and it was it had maybe been a week or two, and then I saw that and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to finish this now since I have been playing it. So so yeah, it definitely got me in the mood to go back to this game and and just end yeah. it basically. Yeah, that was a really good one. Um, I other than that, just more PUBG. I, not much to say there, but uh, I think uh. I, I'm going to post some interesting videos. I've been playing with more squad games than uh, solo recently, which uh, after getting three solo wins, I'm like, okay, I need to try to get a squad win. I still haven't, but the the, the groups I've been oh, playing you need with. me on the squad. I know, yeah. You, you almost won by yourself you, until you, you shot. with Gary Witta? Yeah, I'm playing with, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the guy that wrote Rogue One used to write, uh, he used to uh, be the editor at Computer Gaming Magazine, I think. Um, 
or maybe just, yeah, I don't know, one, one of those PC gamers, something like that. And uh, yeah, I was playing with him and Will Smith and a, a person who pretends to be a robot. Um, and Eric Mikett, who to he be went, clear, not not the actor Will Smith. Well, no, no, not not yeah, not that Will Smith is literally his Twitch handle too. So yeah, no, not that Will Smith. Um, and then um, Eric Mikett, who we went to PAX with that one time, or who you met at PAX like ten years mm-hmm. ago now. Um, yeah, it's been it's been cool. It's been great. It, it, really, though, after not winning, I'm realizing I'm still having a blast because every game usually has has just a hilarious moment. I've been like ripping them and putting them up on YouTube. And I think I'm, I think I'm going to do a post about that so people should should uh, check that out on uh, Gamespeed.com here in the next couple of days. Um, yeah, any other games, Mike? No, not really. Just uh, well, I'm, I'm getting kind of at the finishing line of Trills in the Sky second chapter. So, God, I play a lot of Japanese games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of JRPGs disgusting. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll be talking about Splatoon two next week. Uh, that when does that come out? What's the release date on Splatoon two? Let me check my handy review uh, thing. Yeah, there you go. That comes out on July twenty first. So okay, too so far. yeah, I think we'll be able to talk about it a little bit next week, and then you know we'll have a review for that up on the site soon. All right, Mike, let's get into the news. That that okay with you? Sure. All right, we're gonna start uh, out. I'll allow it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm glad you thought about there and really gave me a truthful answer instead of just lying to me like you normally do. Yeah, it's like, hey, am I? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Summer Games Done Quick 2017. It's over, and it raised $1.76 million uh, for Doctors Without Borders. It was a really good event this year. I, I didn't get to watch quite as much as I wanted to. It was... Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of always that way. I'm uh, Now I'm kind of out there looking for recommendations on which runs to go back to. Um I watched. I actually did end up staying up that one night where they had the Link's Awakening run in the middle of the night, and watched that and regretted I staying watched, like, up half so late. Falling asleep. Yeah. yeah, there were yeah. a lot of really fun runs. Um, some of the ones I really enjoyed. The Spectre Torment one was was right. great. Yeah, that was super fun to watch. Um, there was a Metroid Prime hundred uh, percent run pretty early on that I really liked. Um, one of the things I liked this year is like so many people who were running the games were just kind of these chill nice personalities that yeah. I, I sometimes don't necessarily associate with like twitch kind of culture right and uh so people <laughs> were just super they were just super nice uh and like kind of genuine like the guy who did uh brothers a tale of two sons the guy who did uh, mm-hmm. uh jedi knight 2 jedi outcast was, was great like that also and um i'll tell you what like a, a run that i think you might not want to watch initially but i was i only got to watch about half of it because i fell asleep but it was because it was the eight hour final fantasy 7 run but that was great like i've watched huh. some of these really long jrpg runs before um but the thing i really liked about this one was that the, the two people on the couch they were actually kind of telling you like you know obviously in a speed run they're kind of skipping through the story so you don't know what's happening they were right. actually trying to explain what was happening a bit huh. so like you can still kind of be engaged in the game in a way you're usually not with some of these uh speed runs like that. yeah because they just skip over so yeah. much of the story the content you yeah. can't ever so keep com- up so the commentary, just like what they were doing, like what was happening in the story. And this, it was just a really fun run to watch. Huh. And, you know, it's crazy to see, you know, eight hours seems long, but for Final Fantasy VII, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it was, and it was cool to see uh, the that Super Mario 64 uh, record holder kind of doing the, uh, doing that run live. Um, like I missed that. I need to see that again. Yeah, it was good. Uh, uh, there was yeah, someone else. There was someone else that uh, I can't remember what game he was playing, but he um, was doing you know marathon strats, which are you know safe strats where the the chances of you screwing up abysmally 
uh, are minimized. Uh, he was using those mar- marathon strats, and he he still came within like 20 seconds of getting the, the world record on yeah. some game. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool that he's kind of right there uh, about to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's just a, a good event. Uh, I can't wait for, oh, for Awesome Games done quick. It might be – I might have a little bit more time for that one. There wasn't even any uh, mild controversies this time. Not that they're ever no. big, but it's like what last year basically, like, what somebody made, somebody got mad at the crowd for making Waluigi noises. Basically, <laughs> there wasn't anything like that. No, nothing. Yeah, it, it seems like I mean it's an event I want to go to uh, really bad. Uh, oh, I want to yeah. see it eventually. It, and you're right; it does seem like a lot of nice people just being kind of chill for a week mm-hmm. at a time, just doing what they love. So yeah. Oh yeah. Nintendo says there are no game overs ever in upcoming Super Mario Odyssey. Did, did we know this? Uh, this was a headline that was kind of big on Reddit I saw. I, I'm, I, I don't think we did. So yeah. it's interesting because it almost seems like a bigger deal than it is. Like, like I just I just uh, played through Mario 64 again. I got all 120 stars. So it was super fun. Uh, did you ever get you know, a game over? Sure. Okay. When you get a game over in that game, yeah. like all that does is instead of taking you out by the portrait you were just in, it takes you to the center of the castle and you <laughs> okay. walk back to that portrait. Right. So so, right. Yeah. And I mean that's what that's that's what it's been for all these things basically. So there's really no difference anymore. Right. Um, it, fact, I mean it just doesn't like it doesn't force you to well it doesn't force you ever, but it doesn't make you like feel the need to collect one ups for no purpose whatsoever. It's just an illusion. In fact, yeah. In fact, even back when like even back in nineteen ninety six when I heard about the I heard heard about it, like the reward for getting one hundred twenty stars, like it's cool to see Yoshi, but he then gives you a hundred lives. Like congratulations. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like once like, bitch, I already beat this game. I don't need your one ups. And it's like, no. it's like I didn't even need him in the first one, even though I didn't beat. It doesn't matter. So wait, so, so you got you got hundred and twenty stars and is Yoshi there on top of the castle did you see him yeah what do you okay. think he wasn't i couldn't remember i, I, I thought, I thought I remembered. that was an urban myth yeah well yeah there was one of them there, there was an urban myth involving super mario 64 for yeah, sure about luigi about okay Lu- luigi, luigi. That, that's what it was yeah it involved okay. that fountain by the boo level yeah that's not true totally okay all um, right but yeah good. no no yoshi's up there he just talks to you but uh he's there okay all right good but i mean so what they're doing instead in mario odyssey it's actually more of a punishment you lose some coins and in that game, you actually need coins to buy things. Right. So if you die a lot, you're kind of, you know, screwing yourself over a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems to be like streamlining some of the ideas. And I mean, in a way, finally making deaths matter in a way it hasn't before. Um, anyway. Like, by, I think you have to get rid of game overs to get to that point where you can say, okay, then if you die, what does happen? And now they've they f- figured out a punishment. It's you know not, not too harsh, but it is going to hurt you in the long run if you do die a lot and you've collected a lot of coins and you were saving up for that special suit or whatever. Um, so it, it, it's nice that they did uh, figure out figure this out, and I'm glad that getting rid of game, game overs uh, enabled that to happen. I mean, the only kind of weird thing is that one-ups are kind of iconic in Mario because like the green yeah. one-up mushroom. So that's kind of just like the one sad byproduct of it is that we like the art asset that goes along right. with it. Yeah, mind. totally. Yeah. I mean, and maybe they'll find another use for that. I mean, did they say for sure one-ups aren't in the game? No. Yeah. I don't, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I don't know what they, yeah, they could do something. Uh, you know, maybe, get it. It's a hundred coins or something like something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So moving on horizon zero dawn patch 1.3 adds new game plus face paint options, ultra hard difficulty and more uh horizon zero dawn is that a game that that you think would benefit from new game plus sure all games do but kind of more importantly is grow games have done just a very very good job supporting this game yeah post-release and one of the things that'll get you fans 
mm-hmm. like better than anything is great post-release support, especially if you're like a single player game like this. Right. Like I've seen people on like Rensup comparing it to CD Projekt Red and The Witcher Three. That's yeah. a game that's pretty famous for its post-release support. Like it's very, they're they're just and this game wasn't even as broken as Witcher Three was when Witcher Three mm-hmm. came out. Like it, it pretty much ran fine. But they've been doing a super good job just adding a lot of cool stuff to that game since it came out. Yeah, uh, I I think that you're absolutely right there. The the any comparison to Witcher Three is is really on point because uh, games like this can kind of fall fall apart, fall away uh, after a little bit because you know they are single player experiences. Once you finish them, they're they're over. But uh, if you kind of give small reasons for people to come back, and then you have you know bigger bigger content patches, bigger uh, you know DLC releases, things like that, I, I think it does encourage more people to come back and finally spend money or or put more time into the game, uh, which you know is kind of maybe the fundamental reasoning for for any of these sort of actions, but. Uh, it, it, there's different ways to do it. And a lot of people just do it in a way that, uh, that, I mean, for example, near, near automata on the PC hasn't had a single patch since it came out, I guess. Right. I, uh, I was looking at that. I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a bummer. It makes you wonder like, what the hell, maybe you're right. I shouldn't have bought it on the PC. I should have just got it on the PlayStation four. Um, and it makes me kind of sort of hesitant about, about the developer. I'm like, what, what's happening there? Why, why, why does, uh, Square Enix, I think, publisher. Why? Why don't they uh, yeah. care about this game? Uh, whereas Horizon Zero Dawn, I hear this and I do think, oh yeah, that that is a game that I should get back into. And I know when I get there, uh, it's going to be well tended to. So, so yeah, there's definitely something there. It wins me over at least. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. Good on them. Yeah, for it's hard real. to believe how Guerrilla Games went from like the Killzone <laughs> people they don't care about to uh, like right, yeah, one of to, the best games of the year for sure. But they're happy. Yeah, uh, I mean they deserve it. They they, they really pulled this one out. Okay. Uh, really good job. NES emulator discovered in Switch firmware. Uh, does this surprise you at all? I mean, I think it's, there's there needs well, to be an emulator in there for the upcoming games. They're going to be yeah. We know NES games are coming to it, right? Right. That's part yeah. of the thing they already announced it. So uh, so no. Yeah. So I mean, just I mean, I guess it's a good sign that it's in there. You know, it's probably ready. Uh, it's ready to I, go. Yeah, but I mean, it's just baked in the firmware though. That's I think that's pretty. Interact. I, yeah, I don't really know enough about it to like understand the significance of that. As I, I, I think it's just like instead of the alternative uh, would be. Yeah, I guess the alternative would be you just you buy the game and the game comes packaged as an emulator with the ROM built into you know one component. Uh, I think okay. that's how it works on most systems. So the fact that it's just there on the Switch makes it. I mean, hopefully they have just have big plans for it. Maybe they, maybe that's what that means. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe this is just they figured this was easier. So mm-hmm. who knows. Um, finally, Oculus Rift and Touch Bundle temporarily on sale for three ninety nine. Uh, you gonna buy one now that's four hundred dollars, Mike? No. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, would, uh, are you sort of on the, uh, the 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 waiting list for? Let's see what happens with Oculus Two and Vive yeah, Two and things I'm like very, that. I'm very much. I want to see next generation stuff. First right. off, let's see if next generation stuff happens. Which yeah. I'm sure it will, but you know, let's be, let's make sure of that. And, you know, <laughs> it'll be a good sign that there is a future for stuff. And then when that happens, then maybe I'll care. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I mean, it's I think it's about time for a, a really significant price drop on this stuff. It did come out more than a year ago. Uh, oh. It looks like they're not going to do an annual update for these kinds of things, which I think is smart because it's expensive and people don't want to feel burned. And it's not a smartphone where you know you pay slowly over time or something like that. Uh, but at the, same, at the same time, we I think we're in a point where we would really benefit from an update or f- seeing what's next, and people would probably be way more excited for an Oculus Rift two than a, a, a slightly more affordable Oculus Rift one. 
Uh, okay, uh, Mike, I think from here we are going to go to the break and come back. And when we're back, we are going to discuss the third-party support on the Nintendo Switch. Does that sound good to you? Sounds fantastic. Okay, with that in mind, we're going to head to the break and we'll be right back. Whether developing, playing, or simply hosting a game on a server, Intel makes it happen. And Intel wants to make sure the biggest innovations in gaming continue to happen on the PC. By giving developers a hand with the Intel Game Dev program, all you have to do is sign up and Intel will provide the resources necessary to help you continue to innovate and make gaming even more amazing. Head on over to the Game Dev program at software.intel.com gamedev and get started, Mike Minotti. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do it. You told me to. I do things. Software.intel.com/slash/gamedev. And we are back. Still playing music in the background, of course. I always got to mess up the uh, the mixing at least once per episode. Good. Okay, Mike. So why, why don't you told me about this? Why don't you go ahead and run down the news of what is happening with Take Two and the Switch and WWE? Well, at first, it doesn't seem all that interesting, right? It's, right. Uh, they announced that WWE Two K eighteen is coming to the Switch. That's cool. Um, then you think, well, this is actually the first uh, WWE game to come to a Nintendo system. In five years, WWE 13 was the last one. That was back when it was still uh, THQ doing that stuff, I think. Right. Right. And even back, even then, there were kind of like the Wii releases, you know, stuff like yeah. that, what have you. Um, uh, but, but then, more like, significant. Yeah. The, yeah. You look if you look back at Take Two, though, like what what happened? Ha- like when's the last time they've released a Nintendo game? Take Two, as a publisher, released one game for the Switch, <laughs> NBA 2K13. Yikes. Uh, so like the first the year that game this is yeah 2012 and they, yeah so whatever that sold they were not impressed yeah that was it so then for the <laughs> switch the only other game they have announced is NBA 2K18 which comes out in September nineteenth uh, so I think you know this is like kind of a hey 2K is like giving the switch a chance here and they're one of the more skeptical companies right. when it comes to like Nintendo home consoles. I, I so to me uh, that looks like a good sign. That looks like a sign that developers are seeing what the system is selling and saying, "Okay, we have to at least try and see if we can sell our games there." Um, and, you know, WWE. I think it's a, it's a good uh, a good test for Take Two. Um, I think a, a bigger test might be NBA to see. I guess they. Well, I mean, they, did they announce they announced that NBA game right? So the, 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 mm-hmm. they are doing that at least, but it hasn't come out yet, right? Yeah, so NBA 2K18 is September okay. 19th or something. Yeah, right. So, so the fact that they're also like saying, "Okay, let's get WWE on here," even before the the NBA game that they already announced, like they're already announcing follow up games. It does sound to me like a, a, a skeptical publisher having some faith in the health of the Switch ecosystem. Uh, that makes sense to me. Like, I mean. It's a system I would play third-party games on in a way that I wouldn't have on Wii U. Uh, do you feel that I way? Mean, 
Yeah, for, for, compared to the Wii U, for sure. There's even some third-party games that I would rather play on there. I think yeah. the WWE game is one of them. Like, especially totally. compared, even compared to the basketball game, I think I still would rather play that on Switch. Like, the WWE games aren't graphical powerhouses in the way maybe yeah. those NBA games are trying to be, you know? So, just, you know, whatever, if it looks a little worse than the Switch, being able to play, you know, which it is essentially a fighting game on the Switch is just very convenient. Especially that game, because it's not like depending on combos and inputs the way like oh i need like that really great d-pad right it's, right. it's kind of like analog stick movement and in a lot of stuff like that it's a slower pacing it would work great on the switch i think like the last nintendo system to get like really great third-party support that was on par with all the other systems was gamecube i mean after that mm-hmm. it, it's always had some sort of right well caveat, everybody right? everybody wanted it on the wii but like they right. kind of had to one because it was so it was graphic significantly graphically weaker than the other systems. Like it's not like Switch to PlayStation Four. It was literally like PlayStation Four to like PlayStation Three. It was a right. generation practically far far back. Yeah, right. And then I mean the, the controller set was just also completely different. And the feeling was if you're releasing a game for the Wii, it's got to be kind of a Wii game, right? It's got to have some waggle mm. with it. So like you know Madden. Uh, 2007 wasn't on the Wii. They had Mad NFL for the Wii. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you know. I think this is one of the best examples, too. Like, just that the motion mm-hmm. controls for throwing the football, like, and it based the whole game around that. Uh, right. That is, and I think, uh, yeah, you could hold that up as an it, example of what developers felt they had to do to come out on the Wii. Even things like Star Wars Force Unleashed, like, they had to basically right. make a completely different game for the Wii because, like, the regular game, like, depending on, like, these physics systems and all this stuff. So like just the Weavers had completely different levels and yeah, it was completely different and played different because it had the waggle and it was always kind of weird. And those versions, yeah. the, the, like I can't th- think of a, like, was there like a game that came out for like Xbox 360 and Wii? People like, oh, the Wii version though, man. No, no way. Yeah. I mean, even like Call of Duty came out on it. And I think it it might have had motion control. For a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like Call of Duty well, Modern Call of Duty Warfare. 3 came out for it. I don't yeah, know if Modern they, Warfare came out for no, it. No, yeah. It, it totally did. I remember it did. Uh, and it was really? super, super weird. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think I'm, I, I might be making that up, but I'm pretty sure. I'm looking at them now. Yeah. Go Modern ahead. Modern Warfare for the Wii. They yeah. came out for the Wii November 10th. It came yeah. Out. Two years later for the right. Wii. Oh, exactly. Man. Yeah. That's that I think that was the big thing that was really weird about it. I remember trying it and be like, what is happening here? What is this? Like you're literally playing with the most controls just like they promised you would with all your first person shooter games. And of course it never worked. Uh yeah. So but even before that, like I mean, just going back a little bit, uh, the N64 and GameCube, you know, they were never where third party games sold the best, or even like relatively like relative to its install base, it always felt like people sure. were buying mostly Nintendo games on those systems, right? I mean, I'm sure they did better than Wii, but uh, sure, yeah. So not all of Nintendo's third-party issues uh, arise from them using different control schemes and stuff like that. However, that said, I would say that the Switch is uh, one of the first Nintendo systems in a long time that that its gimmick is the, the reason I would want a third-party game. Uh, on the system. Right, but, well, and the gimmick doesn't represent any challenges when porting. It. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, just the, pow- the power is the only thing. Yeah. The, the graphical issues are, uh, you know, right. that's the only thing holding back ports, but, uh, yeah, and maybe some skepticism of, of Nintendo's core, you know, customers, I think, but I, I would say that like having uh, a game like uh, dead cells or near uh, automata, things like that. And saying I could have that on my switch and pl- play with me anywhere. I, I would pr- pr- prefer it on there on that system relative to 
any of the consoles or PC. Like, I, I mean, if because mm-hmm. yeah, I want the games to look good, but I don't think they look. Nothing looks bad on the Switch. I mean, even if the things are dropping down to 720p, uh, 60 frames per second, like Rocket League is, that still looks just fine to me. Especially because I play most of my games on the handheld. I think if people are, mm-hmm. uh, there are some people that rarely take their Switch out of the dock. For them, this is probably not going to, they're probably not going to get their games on the Switch if it's a third-party multi-platform game. For me, though, it's a huge reason to purchase the game on that system. And I I don't think that that's going to be a rare sentiment. I think that's going to be quite a few people are going to feel that way. Um, Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I I do kind of hope this does pick some things up. Because there are are a lot of games that, oh, God, Final Fantasy XII. Like, you know, we were just talking about, like, why is that on Xbox One? They're like, why isn't that could be on the Switch easily? Yeah, totally. So nice on that system. Oh my god, that would be great on there. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, so it's, it's it's all so much of it is just sales. I mean, the right. reason why this is happening, well, everything else we're talking about, is because the Switch has had a good start. Yes, um, and it is, I think I think if anyone's investing in it at first, yeah, nobody yeah. was there for launch, basically third party wise, right? Right. Even like Ubisoft just had uh, Just Dance, which of course they would, Um, but they didn't have any of their other typical Ubisoft Nintendo launch games. So, so yeah, that was that was a little bit surprising, but also who who could blame them? Even people like Sega, who usually kind of bigger parties, they had Puyo Puyo Tetris, not even quite at launch, right? Yeah, totally. So, Um, so I I think going forward, uh, do you? I mean, these games are are probably going to sell, but do you think that that like it's going to be too late? for some third party developers to really get on board with this or, uh, no, it's you know, never too late. I right. mean, you know, games are games, right? Yeah. Come I mean, the, the thing is, and they'll like the WWE news was almost a little exciting at first. Cause they erroneously, uh, said it was coming out the same day as the Xbox right. one and PlayStation four versions. Then they've since, uh, corrected themselves. It's coming out in the fall. Wow, those okay. versions are just coming out October seventeenth or whatever. Okay. Well, 18th, okay. One of those days. So there's a so there's going to maybe be a small wait after yeah, the, uh, a month or two. Yeah, versions. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, to me, I, that'll I, hurt I, more than anything else. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that that's never the best. Just like the PC version of Destiny, it might be the best version, but I, yeah. it's going to be hurt held back because it's not out day and date. Um, that's still such a weird decision to me. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I. I don't know. I, I think that uh, I'm going to still be excited about third-party games coming on the Switch for a long time. I think if some companies do take too long, though, they are, they might get punished in that there's a real craze for any Switch software at all right now. And the first couple big uh, third-party games that do hit that system day and date, I think we'll see a see a, a kind of a, a boost, a bump that maybe some other games won't a few months later, maybe a, a year or two later. So the earlier some of these publishers get on it, the, maybe the better off they'll be. But uh, I can still, I still don't blame any of these companies for being hesitant about investing in the Switch after Nintendo's burning them. You know, Nintendo oh, customers sure. have burned them so many times or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll we'll see who knows if these versions will sell well yeah. or you know whatever. But yeah. We just see like how Rocket League does and how right and Skyrim 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 Skyrim. Right, of course. Yeah. Released. Yeah. It's funny how like it's like oh they remastered Final Fantasy XII. It's an older game now, and it's like Skyrim was like right. kind of just like Skyrim's like in the middle of the original release of Final Fantasy XII and like this remaster, mm-hmm. like about five years separating both of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I think that's gonna wrap it up. Um, yeah. N- no real other thoughts here. I, I mean, I'll just say that it if like a, a company like Rockstar said they were gonna make bully or something for the switch i yeah i would i'd be very very excited um i 
I don't expect that any of those kinds of things to really happen, but, but we'll see. Okay, Mike, I think we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on the internet? Well, you can always find me on uh, Twitter at Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. Um, also do the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother every week. That's ebpodcast.com. And I'm always at GameSpeed writing there. So be sure to keep going to GameSpeed.com. And I'm apparently Jeff Gruy on Twitter. Uh, we're we're, we're yeah, working our way through the, the alphabet, letter. apparently. Yeah, the next, yeah. Uh, actually, just Jeff Grubb on Twitter. I sometimes also make videos on YouTube. Uh, you can get those at YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, there, I have posted a bunch of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds clips. There's some, uh, one of that robot guy driving Gary Widow off a cliff and killing them all, even though they were all on the same team. And another one where uh, my dude steals a Jeep and then explodes. They're both really funny. You guys should check them out. Okay, Mike, I am, I should close this giant thing on our podcast rundown. Uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. We'll talk about Splatoon. We'll talk about whatever else is happening in the world of games. Until then, open salami? Sure. Open salami. God.